Hello and welcome back to What Next, the podcast, where we chat all things post-uni panic, graduate life, adulting and everything in between. I'm Zoe. I'm Sophie and today we're going to be tackling the topic of all things careers and publishing with a very special guest, so make sure you keep listening. Before we introduce our very special guest of today's episode, as we do every week, we are going to do our peak and our pit. So our best part of the week and our lowest part of the week. Um, Zoe, do you want to go first? Ooh, I always get to peak and pit. I've never thought about what my peak and pit is. I think that my peak is probably the fact that it was a certain someone's birthday this week and I get to see a certain someone tomorrow to celebrate it so I'm looking forward to that I wonder who that could be Ooh. <laughs> and I think my pit was probably just like work like you know when you have to like attend a really awkward meeting at work and there's just a lot of politics at work and I'm not ready for it you know <laughs> some days I'm just not ready to fight that battle over like how I phrased an email <laughs> um, so I probably say that was probably my pit of the week this week what about you Sophie? Well I'm gonna start with my pit and be a bit different this week um, mm-hmm. but yeah it's just it's been a bit of an intense week there's a lot kind of going on but I feel like mm. there have been two very nice peaks that have cheered me up this week well quite a few to be fair but yeah on Tuesday it was my birthday which is very nice and I was definitely spoiled by all my friends my family um by Zoe and by our special guest who we will introduce you to in a moment (laughs) um so yeah I had a really nice day on my birthday and definitely felt all the love so that was really lovely and then randomly about half an hour ago before we started this uh, podcast recording I was on hold um to a call center and I got to speak to the nicest person ever <laughs> that I've oh. ever spoken to on a call center they were so nice they um they had to like read out my details and my date of birth back to me and everything and they go oh yeah so your birthday was blah 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 date and they were like oh so it was your birthday three days ago happy (laughs) birthday we were just having a nice giggle my sister overheard some of the conversation and she was like sorry who's your new best friend like who are you talking to (laughs) um yeah little things like that that I think just kind of make your day um yeah it was really funny (laughs) Yeah, you know what, like when you're in like the supermarket or something and you're in the checkout and then that person just genuinely, you can tell they're actually like, how's your day been? And you're like, yeah. you know what, my day's been all right. And you have like a little chat. I always feel like that makes my day. Say, like talking to strangers or like, you know, smiling at a stranger. or something. I just mm. think it's such a nice thing because like everyone's going through their own stuff in life on a day to day. And I think just, yeah, we're all humans. We all live yeah. in the same, like the earth is our collective house. So why aren't we all just nice to each other? Anyway, that's my rant over. (laughs) Be kind. Be kind, listeners. (laughs) Now it's time to introduce our very special guest. It's our former housemate and best friend, Georgia, who has recently launched her career into the publishing world. Welcome, Georgia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. G's a very special guest for very many reasons, but also she's like a full-on blogger. She's got her own like bookstagram on Instagram. (laughs) She's like a proper influencer. So I feel feel like me and Zoe have got to bring our like professional podcaster game today. Yeah, but you guys have started this podcast. Now, you know, it's so good. You could like blow up, be the next big podcast. You should be. With our with our twenty four <laughs> followers on Instagram, we're going places, guys. And on that note, it's going up. Sure, it's going up. Make sure you follow us at What Next the Podcast on Instagram <laughs> for all the exclusives. But yeah, um, G, do you just want to introduce yourself? Maybe tell us a little bit about your kind of background and you know your your job at the moment, what you're doing. Yeah, sure. So, hi, I'm Georgia. Um, So I'm currently working as a publishing assistant for an educational publisher. So that's very exciting. I started two weeks ago. Um, Before that, I was working as a bookseller. Um, And then before that, I was job hunting for about a year, um, especially because of like COVID and lockdowns. Um, 
And then, yeah, before that, I did an English degree, which is where I met Zoe and Sophie. Um, and yeah, I also have a blog and a bookstagram, um, which I run in my spare time. So yeah, reading is a big hobby. Yeah, I was going to say, like, even you introducing yourself there with where you are now of publishing and the book selling and then English literature and then obviously mm-hmm. like your side, your side, many side hustles as well. <laughs> like, it seems like from what you're saying that something to do with books is like something that you've always been interested in or always wanted to do. So I was kind of just wondering, like for publishing, like what was the sort of motivation behind that? And has it always been like, just maybe oh I really like books and that's what I wanted to get into or has it always been like no I want to be in publishing? Yeah that's a really good question because actually I hadn't heard of publishing until probably quite late it just never really twigged in my mind like when you're growing up you always think there are like a certain number of careers you're like you know doctor, lawyer, vet, all those things Um, and so I think I always loved books but I was just always like if you like books you become an author like that's it like you either write books or you don't and I even though I looked at the spines of them and I could always see the publishers and I kind of had a bit of an awareness of that I didn't really think about the fact that was something I could do um so I think actually for quite a while I was like yeah I want to be a teacher I didn't really know what else to do so I was like yeah teacher you know that's what I'm gonna do I didn't even really know I wanted to do an English degree um until it was sort of like GCSEs I had just the best English teacher and that was when I was like okay I really love this and then I was like gonna do an English degree um but I think it was actually my mum just said to me one day she was like why don't you work in publishing and it was like that little light bulb where you go oh yeah like (laughs) why don't I do that (laughs) um so then yeah from there I started like looking up different publishers obviously starting with you know the big ones that a lot of people have heard of because they were what I'd heard of and like um looking up on some of their websites they have a you know what departments do we have and I was just started learning about it and then yeah it's just been from there continuing to learn about it thinking about what I wanted to do within publishing learning more about publishing and then yeah now working in publishing. I always just find that so interesting like hearing people's journeys into their careers and I think often it's the way that you know someone just follows what they're passionate about and what they care about Mm -hmm. and then you kind of discover new jobs that maybe you didn't even realize or you didn't think you could do or it just didn't click with you and so yeah it's always just so interesting to hear that pathway to to getting there and you mentioned about studying English lit at uni Mm -hmm. do you think like do you have to study a specific degree to get into publishing or you know like is it quite open and also like how did that equip you for the career in in publishing how did it kind of help you yeah so I think before I actually did my degree I had sort of heard that you didn't need a degree to work in publishing um but I just wanted to do an English degree and like I am really glad I did one and you know there are people in publishing who did one there are people who didn't um you can do like you can do a degree in publishing or you can do a master's in publishing which is something I considered during the pandemic um yeah they're all things you don't need to have to work in publishing and I think it's really hard to say what helps you because all the talks that I went to during the past year when I was looking for jobs were all like you don't need a degree but Mm. then you'd sort of be like well how many of you have one and a lot of them would so it's quite hard to really say what helps you or what doesn't Um, but yeah I think the degree helped me in the sense of giving me different skills obviously you can learn them through getting a job as well or Mm. an apprenticeship there are more apprenticeships in publishing now than there used to be as well um so yeah I think sort of things like independent working which obviously now that I work partly from home that's obviously really helped um obviously like my written skills my verbal skills just Mm. an understanding of books and grammar and different things like that and also just some of the modules I did because I did some creative writing modules and I did one module which was about writing like novels and things and we talked a bit about like an author's experience and we got to meet different authors and some people who did work in publishing so things like that did really help but I don't think it's the only way in I think there are probably other ways 
Um, but yeah, it, for me, it was good. I'm really surprised, actually. I don't know about you, Sophie, but I thought you had to have like an English degree to go into publishing. Um, that's kind of surprised me. So I guess it's quite it's quite like an open field, I guess, in that sense that you don't have to have like a specific degree. So I'm wondering then, does that make publishing quite a competitive sort of, you know, area or field to go into? And if it is, sort of, how do you stand out? You know, you were saying like, you were in the talk and everyone was sat there and then they said, you don't need a degree, but so many people did. In that type of situation, how do you make yourself stand out so that you can sort of get to where you want to be? Yeah, I think that was a big question that I was asking myself during the mm. past year because it was that thing of like, if everyone's at the same level I am, because at one point as well, people said, oh, you know, start a book blog because that will make you stand out. That's how I stood out. But I'm like, it's been a few years since you got that job now and now everyone does have a book blog. Like that doesn't make you necessarily stand out now either because it's so easy to do. It's, you know, free to do. So, so many people do have one. So I just want to mention that, uh, Sophie, you've got a blog, haven't you? I've got <laughs> a music blog. I don't Everyone's think I've got written. Blog these days. Literally, but I don't think I've written on it for about a year. So I would mm. say whilst it's easy to like set one up and everything, it like takes skill, I think, to maintain it and actually make it good. So props to G because she yeah, really does like yours. fully yours run really a blog. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> Just like now is an opportunity, like obviously at the end of the world, but opportunity, plug, plug, plug your, uh, plug your, <laughs> oh, yeah, We're talking yeah, about so, the courts of a good one. <laughs> so my blog is uh, com. It's mostly book reviews, but I do occasionally write other things on there. Um, but if it's all things books you're interested in, then I have a bookstagram. So that's an Instagram for books, which is at Georgia Ellen Reads, all one word, all lowercase. Um, yeah, I do reviews, different things there. Bookstagram is really fun. So what you're asking, Zoe, just sort of about like publishing being competitive and a lot of people applying because, you know, you don't need a degree. Um, I think one of the things that I definitely learned was because publishing is very London centric as well. And I sort of decided London's not really for me. So for a long time, I was worried because I was like, I'm never going to get into publishing because I don't want to live and work in London. Mm. Um, which, you know, it's for some people, it's not for other people. But I think the main thing is that a lot of the really big sort of trade publishers and the ones that we've all heard of you know like Penguin Random House, HarperCollins, all those really big ones um, they are really competitive because they're the ones that everyone's heard of but I think if you really want to work in publishing and you explore other types of publishing like educational publishing or independent publishers you'll realize that there are they are smaller companies so they can take on fewer people but they're more spread out around the country. And I think applying for those, the people applying for those are the people who really want to work in publishing. Whereas, for example, people maybe applying to Penguin Random House, they're applying because it's Penguin Random House and they're like, oh, that would be cool, but they might not be as invested as applying to all the smaller ones. So mm. I think it's sort of learning and keeping your eyes peeled and like learning how to find out about all the different publishers and really just if it's what you really want and like you keep going I think you you can probably do it I mean I did so hopefully you know everyone else can I think that's such good advice not like not just for publishing but across you know all sectors I know from my brief stint in the music industry and you know trying to get my foot in the door there that yeah, you know, you have all these big internships that are run by companies like Universal and Sony and stuff like that. But obviously, they're such big names and, and they're more competitive. But if you start at a lower level level and, you know, I did a bit of radio plugging for a bit and you can do various different bits, it, you know, there are ways to like get in and work your way up. And it is so true that if it you're so passionate about it and it's what you want to do, then you kind of are willing to work from the bottom up because you know any kind of opportunity to do that is like you'll take it and I think this links on quite nicely to uh, the next thing we wanted to cover which is I, I know I find this often and Zoe finds it a lot and Gia you probably found that going through all these applications 
you know you look and it says okay requirements it's an entry-level job but you need three to five years experience in this and you need this these skills you need that experience and blah 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 um I wanted to know like how do you overcome that kind of thing of needing experience to get experience in an entry-level job yeah I think that was one of the other biggest things that I faced during the past year was the constant applying for things and then being told oh sorry we chose someone who had more experience and you're like Mm. It's allegedly an entry-level role. Sometimes they even said on the ones I was applying for, experience is not necessary. And I was like, and yet, because someone else applied who did have experience, you'd rather choose them, which in a way I understand, but also you're just thinking someone needs to take that chance because everyone has to start somewhere. Like you don't just magically have experience. And one of the other things I found was that because everyone's trying to get experience, it meant the internships and work experience placements had more applicants than the jobs did. Like I think Penguin Random House had like 4,000 applicants for work experience or something. And it was like madness because you're like, how do you compete with 4,000 people? Um, So yeah, I think for me, I don't really know how I did it, if I'm being honest, um, because I did work as a bookseller, but the people who I work for now didn't know that I had that job. So I didn't really even use that for experience. Um, I think you just really have to hope that someone's going to take that chance and actually understand that not everyone has experience and you've just got to keep applying for those entry level roles Um But yeah, I mean, if you can get work experience, that's great. And also, I think what you're saying about the list of skills, at a talk I went to, I heard something really interesting. Um, It's maybe a bit stereotypical, but I found it interesting. They said that women tend to apply for job roles when they can 100% meet the criteria, which if you can already do 100% of the job, you're not meant to be doing that job because you're meant to learn something in your job. But apparently men apply when they can do like, 60 to 80 percent of a job role and then they get the job and they learn extra skills so I found that really interesting because it's like you want to apply for a job that you have enough skills to get the job but also you've still got room to learn in the job because you don't want to be bored you don't want to walk into a job that you can absolutely 100 percent already do But yeah, during the past year, I did have that feeling sometimes where I was like, I feel like you're expecting me to 100% be able to do the job already before you'll give it to me. That's an interesting way of looking at it as well, because I almost think like, oh, God, this job I want to apply for, like I have to be able to do it all. And like they need me to be able to do the job and you want to be able to walk in and just, you know, take over and and do it instantly. But that's so true that you're not just like, a cog in the chain for them I mean you, mm-hmm. some jobs you maybe you are but I mean <laughs> you want to like get value out of the job for yourself yeah you, know? you want to learn new skills and develop yourself and enjoy it and it's it's definitely a two-way street isn't it in that sense I think sometimes you know when you found the right one because people will be understanding about that like for me after my first day of my new job I felt so overwhelmed because I was like there's so much to learn and I need to like do it all and pick up all the jobs that are ongoing and then like I went in the next day and my manager was like how did you find yesterday and I was like I'm a bit overwhelmed and she was like whoa she's like you've never done this before like it's fine and it's just sometimes you just find those people who do actually understand those things which is obviously what you want. Yeah I think it's really interesting what you were saying Georgia about some people applying for um, positions you know, where they might not necessarily tickle the boxes, whereas other people might be more reserved or might only apply for things when they feel like they have absolutely everything. And I think it just comes down to confidence. Like, I think it's very difficult sometimes to feel confident that you are going to sort of, you know, that you are the person that they're going to pick. And like Sophie, I know, applied for something. (laughs) I never let her forget. You can say it. You can say it. Pick yourself up, man. She applied for this role and she was like, oh, you know, it's such a long shot. Like, I'm ne- just never going to get it. I don't even know if I should apply. And I was like, don't sell yourself. Like, undersell yourself. Like, you have, like, you never know. You have skills. And, like, go in and be confident. And tell us what happened, Sophie. I got offered a job at the BBC. <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>! <laughs> just a small thing. Just a small one. 
<laughs> Unfortunately, it didn't really work out. It was like for a local BBC thing. Um, so I'm not doing that at the moment. But yeah, it, it definitely was like a massive confidence boost. I think the thing that's hard is, you know, that I see a lot of jobs and I, I do apply for stuff that I think, okay, I know I don't have all these skills, but I'm going to apply because I have a lot of them or I have some of them that I think are really important. But I think what's hard as well is when you kind of get emotionally invested in a job and you think I really, really want this or, you know, this looks perfect for me. It's like, you know, you, you're more gutted, like when you get rejected mm -hmm. from it. And so I think for me, it's not necessarily, I mean, sometimes I don't have enough confidence and don't big myself up as much, but sometimes I think it's more like I just want to be lower my expectations a bit so that I'm not like putting everything on. Okay. I hope I get this job offer. Do you mm. know what I mean? So I think mm. it's like hard to find that balance. What I find is difficult, right? Like, I don't know about you, Georgia, but like, it's hard enough, right? Like creating a CV or doing the application, like it takes time. And it's hard enough, like, getting through that stage. Like, I don't know if both of you agree with me, but, like, it's a yes. nightmare. And mm -hmm. then, yeah. let alone, once, you're, once you've done that, like, then you have the interview, which is, like, a whole other ball game. Like, it's a whole different type of, you know, like, thing you have to do on this journey to get where you want to be. And mm -hmm. I guess one of the things I want to know is, at least for yourself when you had the interview for this role, what what were the ways that you found sort of best to prepare for that? And I mean that in sense of like, like doing research, of course, but also just preparing yourself and like sort of psyching yourself up for it. Like how did you prepare for that? And also just generally interviewing with a publisher. Yeah, so the way I got this role was a bit different. I've done a few interviews for publishing roles and also for other ones like I worked as a bookseller I had an interview for that um, and I think the way I really prepared was yeah like you say research make sure you know about the publisher or whoever you're applying to like you don't want to look like you have no idea who you're applying to and also make sure you've read the job description like make sure you know what you're applying for um maybe try and think of what they might ask you, have some like questions prepared. Like if you, for example, want to work in publishing, they might say, why do you want to work in publishing? Why do you want to work in educational publishing specifically? Um, I have had interviews where there were like curveball questions. Like I can't really remember what they were, but I remember at the time being like, oh no, I did not prepare for this question and I don't know what to say. Um, but yeah, I think thinking of what they might ask you but also think about what you want to ask them I think is mm. a good thing mm. to prepare because it really shows that you are interested in this role yeah. and you have thought about it even just you know things like because of the pandemic are you thinking about doing flexible working just things mm. that show that you are thinking about how it would work with this role or you know a really classic one is what kind of career progression could I have from this role that kind of shows that you might even be interested at staying at this company for a long time like that's quite a good one yeah. um but in terms of just preparing yourself generally I don't think I'm that good at doing that I get really nervous about these things and like I was saying I had a not necessarily an unusual path into this job but actually I'd applied for a job with this company previously and I really thought it hadn't gone very well because for some reason that day, just before the interview, I got so nervous. And during the interview, it was one of those times where you're so nervous. You're not even really sure what's happening. Like you don't really remember after you're so nervous. You're just like saying things. And afterwards you go, wow, I messed that up. Um, and I did actually have a task to do, I think, which happens with publishing. I don't know about other industries, but publishing, it is fairly common that they'll give you like a proofreading task or some kind of thing to do so I was kind of doing that all the while with the interview on my mind thinking I messed it up I messed it up um so when I did get rejected from that initial role I was kind of like not really surprised thought it had gone quite badly um but then it turned out after I'd already taken the position as a bookseller I was emailed by my now manager saying the person you applied with before told me about you like we've got another position coming up that we think you'd be good for and I was like 
wait what like that I did not do well I was so nervous and she was just like no you you did like a good interview um so then to actually get the role I'm in now we did a bit more of an informal interview because Mm -hmm. I'd already done an interview with the company they kind of felt like I'd been through that stage so I guess it was more like a second interview where it was a bit more like there were fewer people at that stage like who were also applying for it and it was a bit more like because I didn't actively apply for the role it was a bit more like let's just talk through it so that you know what this is and you're not like you know just going in blind because obviously I hadn't applied for it um so yeah I think interview skills was actually something I was really wanting to work on next I felt like I'd worked on my cover letter and CV a lot over the past few months and then because I'd had a few interviews and not got any of the jobs I was like maybe this is what I need to work on next but then managed to get something so I don't know maybe it was the confidence boost of my interview to be a bookseller going really well maybe then going into this one I was kind of like yeah I've already got one job like why not I guess I had nothing to lose at that point because I already Mm -hmm. had a job um so yeah I think um, one thing that our listeners will take away from this episode is my friends um, ha- critically <laughs> undervalue themselves. <laughs> We've got a real issue of confidence in this friendship group. <laughs> yeah, but we all big each other up. It's really funny. Like, none of us have confidence in ourselves. But when someone else, like, I'll be like, Sophie, have confidence in yourself. But then when it's me, I'm like, I have no confidence in myself. <laughs> One thing you mentioned, I just now, now you've mentioned it, I really just want to know. You mentioned, um, you know, when you get like curveball questions in an mm-hmm. interview where you like don't know what to yeah. say. I kind of just want to like each of us, when you are in an interview and mm-hmm. you get asked a question and you're like, I'm not prepared, like, yeah. I'm not prepared for that, I don't know what to say. Like, what is your <laughs> like, what's the thing you will say when that happens in an interview? I kind of do that thing of being like, oh, that's a that's a really good question, like trying to get my brain to work, like kind of stalling and then being like, sometimes I go for the honesty. I'm like, I'm not entirely sure. And then like mm. I start trying to eke out little bits of answers as they sort of come to me. I think I'm I'm the same. I I mean, as I do in just general life situations when I don't know what I'm saying or where my train of thought is going I kind of just freeze a little bit and then I start talking very very slowly as my brain is slowly trying to work and then afterwards I think that's what I should have said and then I come up with I do the that. idea but it's in the spot yeah. on the spot it's hard to come up with the stuff if you are just honest and like mm, you know yeah. if there's one question you struggle with they might already have it in their mind that that was a more difficult question that in like people may not be able to yeah. answer like you don't know and they might think Do you know what actually I really liked them anyway and that's something they'll learn on the job like yeah you really just don't know what they're thinking my panic mode is the complete opposite of the freeze response mine is just the unleash a torrent of words <laughs> I don't know what the words are I remember for an interview for the job I have now I got asked about statistics oh, no. from my background as a historian I'm not really that familiar with and in yeah like that moment of like yeah it's like it's like um fight or flight isn't it yeah and you guys are like flight flight minus fight I was just like you know what I'm just gonna say someone <laughs> I don't remember what I said. that's not good I listeners to the podcast I don't recommend my strategy so um Georgia one of the things that you mentioned earlier on when you were first getting into publishing was um firstly you were sort of doing your research looking at the mm-hmm. you know sort of more um well-known publishing houses and things like that and then you mentioned that there's different departments to publishing and that's probably mm-hmm. me um and no disrespect but also Sophie Lol <laughs> coming How from rude. Him. <laughs> coming from <laughs> that was such a creepy laugh can we just <laughs> 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 I think I've never I done that it. in an interview. I don't know. I think I'd get much fun with that. <laughs> um, I was wondering if you could talk us through what the main parts of a typical publishing house are or like what those different departments that you mentioned sort of are. 
Yeah, so I mean, I probably don't know about every department of publishing, but my understanding of the main ones. Um, so you've got editorial, which I think is really, that's the popular one, because that's the one everyone knows. But I think most people know that a book is edited by someone. Um, it's usually multiple people. There's different types of editors, but editorial is the one people are like, I don't want to write a book, but I'll edit the book. Um, so you've got that one. Um, and then you've got marketing and publicity, which I think sometimes it gets a bit confusing as to like which thing comes under which one, especially if you don't work in them. Sometimes you're like, don't entirely understand the difference. But I think as a general rule, this is, doesn't always apply, but I've kind of heard marketing is the stuff you pay for and publicity is kind of the stuff where they, you know, try and get people to review the book by sending them a free copy, those kinds of things. So you've got those two, which is all about sort of promoting the book. So, you know, social media campaigns, billboards, if you're, you know, big scale books, big scale publishers, all those kinds of things. Um, and then you've got rights, which is all about sort of buying the rights to books. Um, also, you know, if a book is when sometimes you hear people saying, oh, this book has been sold in 44 territories worldwide, that would be sort of like the rights team there, you know, getting different, you know, selling it to different countries, all that kind of thing. Um, then you've got the sales team. Um, so they'll be sort of the ones who are, when you see a book maybe in Waterstones, WH Smith, Asda, wherever, the sales department are the ones who've gone to those retailers and said, we've got this book and we think it'd be great for people who come into your shop for this reason. Do you want to buy copies? Um, and then obviously you've got kind of like the design team. So I guess that's a bit more of like an artistic element if you're really into that kind of thing. Um, and then you've got production, which is kind of the department that I work in. Um, and a lot of people, that's kind of the one they've not heard of. Um, and it's kind of the one I didn't know as much about. But I always kind of think of production as kind of someone can write a book. They can tell like other departments can tell everyone about it. You can be getting bookshops to sell it but you've still not got a physical book to give anyone because you've got like pages of written stuff but not a book so production are kind of the ones who work with printers and they will be like you know doing things like choosing the paper making sure that when the books have been printed that they're all you know correct and there aren't you know page numbers missing or something like that I mean there's a lot more to it but I guess that's kind of like a very basic thing um and yeah I think that's the main departments so I'm really worried I'm gonna have missed one out um but yeah I mean the um publisher that I work for we also have a digital department um because we do some like online resources and things because it's educational publishing um so yeah it might vary slightly between publishers and if you work for like a really big publisher then the sort of sub departments within those will also be bigger like you might for like for example editorial you'll have more commissioning editors and that kind of thing um but yeah I think that's sort of an overview of the departments in publishing it's really cool to hear like all the different ins and outs and behind the mm. scenes because as you said we kind of just you just go to a shop you see a book or you see yeah. it on your <laughs> kindle or on amazon or whatever and you forget that there's so much behind the scenes that goes on yeah and i think also from kind of like popular culture and i know i always bang on about the bold mm. type on this podcast <laughs> it's but so it's the good, most though. recent series that i've watched i really <laughs> liked it but yeah, that's the main thing, isn't it? That like everyone wants to work in editorial or, oh, I'm an yeah. editor, I'm a writer, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, I know that's more like print magazine type thing. But yeah. yeah, it's so interesting to hear all the different like departments. And I mean, for me, I I'd never really considered like the production side of things. So yeah. to me, that's like quite a ooh, exciting, surprising thing. Yeah. <laughs> but we were wondering what's something that like to you maybe has been really surprising either like trying to get into the industry or working in the new job now like is there something that you've never really even thought about before that you've learned about that's new yes yeah, so I think part of my job one of the things that I'm doing is like photo research so because we work in educational publishing it's a lot of like textbooks and things like that and I guess for me one thing I kind of thought about the other day I was like when you're at school and you're looking at like a science textbook you're not really thinking like 
it was because someone said to me about you know people will be drawing on those photos that you've chosen and I was like you're not really thinking about that you know when you're at school and people are drawing on the pictures in the science <laughs> textbook I was like someone chose those <laughs> photos and the publisher paid to use that like I know all of these things now and I'm like it would just make me so sad to know that people are drawing on the images that I like researched and chose <laughs> specially for this book so if you're yeah, out I there think... guilty people think of Georgia <laughs> the next time you think of doodling a beard or something in a book think of Georgia yeah like someone actually like went to the effort of you know buying that picture because obviously they sort of belong to whoever took them and everything you have to you know pay them to use it so yeah that was definitely something that surprised me just <laughs> knowing a bit more about my role but also yeah just learning more about publishing in general as I go it's just really interesting so if our listeners aren't already aware from the conversation we've been having already you uh recently started working full-time so congratulations thank you and in your new role (laughs) thank Um, you and we always do a peak and a pit when we start our podcast and we Mm -hmm. were wondering whether you had like a peak and a pit basically about like working life and adulting and like going mm-hmm. into the office or anything like that yeah so I think a peak is just like learning more about my job like gradually because because it is all new to me obviously they've not just gone do everything now learn everything on day one I'm sort of like learning one part of my role and then they'll be like okay we've got this that kind of needs doing do you want us to like teach you this new part of your role um so yeah, like today I was doing some sort of different things, like looking through like a proof copy of a book and checking that all the images are still available to be used, which was like, we've not done that before. So that was quite exciting. So yeah, I think a peak is definitely that it's all still new and exciting at the moment, like working in an office, having my own desk, which I was like far too excited about when they were like, this is your desk. I was like, I have a desk. That's um, so cool, G. So <laughs> well, because cool. I was like, it might be one of those situations where like on days you're in, you use that mm. one, but when you're not in, someone else will use it. But like, they were like, no, this is yours. Like your desk. When you're in, you're here. When you're not in, no one's here. And I was like, that's so exciting. <laughs> that is um, really cool. <laughs> but then I think, a pit would be horribly be I've just not been sleeping well this week it's just mm-hmm. one of those weeks where like last week literally as soon as my head hit the pillow I was like and I'm out whereas this week I'm yeah. like not sleeping I'm starting to get that thing where you're like I need to be up early for work yeah. and I'm yeah. not sleeping yeah so that would definitely be my sort of like pit of the week yeah I don't know about you Georgia but I find it really hard to like just not think about work during work hours mm-hmm. um like I'll, I'll be I especially when I started I really struggled with sleep because I'd just be like okay tomorrow is coming and tomorrow I have to get up at this time and then I have that thing that I need to do or I'm going to be learning mm-hmm. about that thing next so like I found it really hard to switch off yeah thankfully I've not joined at too like crazy busy a time and the person who was in my role before me is still in the company in a different role now but it means she can kind of like help with things like if they're things I don't know how to do yet so everything's not been thrown at me too much which is good it feels less stressful but yeah I do definitely think you know ah what's coming up tomorrow like for example you know if we do have a meeting or I know that there's a task that I still need to do and I'm like need to do that tomorrow yeah it's crazy that this kind of thing I think it just doesn't get talked about as much when you're you know at uni and you're like finishing and looking for jobs it's kind of that thing of oh yeah you'll just get a job and then that's it like mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing nothing else is really discussed it's like that's what's next and yeah, yeah I just think the ins and outs of thinking about what you have to do on a daily basis and, yeah you know like commuting to work is a whole mm-hmm. other thing especially if you live yeah. far away um mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot isn't it Yeah, I think that is something that I was thinking the other day, no one really talks about, or maybe other people do think about it, and it was just me. Like, I didn't really think about the fact that when you get a job, like, you can't just get a job really close to you. Like, depending on what industry you want to work in, that might not be possible. And so then you've got to think, do you move? Do you commute? And then, you know, if you're in a relationship or you've got friends, family, then it all has a knock-on effect and you end up being like, right, would I rather live close to my partner or would I rather live close to my job? And like, Mm. 
there's all these decisions and you're trying to like make everything fit but then at the same time you're like I've been offered this job it's Mm. far away do I move or do I try and get a job that's closer but then you're like I've spent ages trying to get this job and what if I don't get another job and there are so many things to think about and you just kind of think it'll all just happen and it'll be easy and Mm. then you get there and you're like there's so much like logistically to work out that you just don't think about I feel like your 20s compared to uni is basically just one big balancing act of like you've got all this stuff and all of it's important but it's all Mm -hmm. different and you kind of got to all make it work like playing Tetris but with your life (laughs) yeah well yeah even like there's always like the thing you do hear about is like especially because at uni you make friends with people who live in different parts of the country like we all do and then you have that thing of being like right guys let's see each other and then you're like I'm free this day nope someone else is busy that day what about this day nope I'm now busy that day nope what about you and it's like that thing of like how do you like arrange for everyone and then if you are all free it's like where do we meet where can we all get to what should we do and yeah it's just like adult life man (laughs) I know I definitely miss just being at uni and like being Mm -hmm. around living in the same house or the same city or the same place as your friends it's such a like rare time in your life though isn't Mm -hmm. it when everyone is kind of in that similar place um at once so yeah it's definitely I definitely miss uni a lot but yeah to kind of ask you one final question G I know Mm -hmm. you were talking about like different departments and kind of various (laughs) different routes and areas in publishing and our first official episode of this podcast was never ask a third year what next but (laughs) we're gonna slightly (laughs) subtly ask you the question I know you've only been working in this job for a couple of weeks but like what long term do you have any particular kind of career ambitions or like Mm -hmm. you know maybe different areas in publishing that you're really interested in trying and that kind of thing like are there any other routes you want to try to be honest I really don't no like because so far like the job I'm in I could go into a couple of different departments so I'm like not sure yet it will obviously depend as I learn more about my role and those roles I'll be like which way do I want to go and then yeah because I do work in educational publishing I think it's probably one that a lot of people would be like don't want to do that like everyone wants to work on you know the massive bestsellers by the famous authors and the paperbacks that you read on holiday And I think when I took this job, it was in my mind that I was like, will I find it like not enjoyable? Would I rather work on like those trade paperbacks and things? But so far, I've actually been quite surprised that I have still really enjoyed it. And like, I don't know, maybe one day I'll be like, let's try working at a bigger publisher because I work at quite like a, a smaller independent one. But then obviously it's a very different feel. And like, yeah, if I did start working on like fiction and paperbacks hardbacks whatever then like I might have to compromise on the small independent publisher so it's yeah it's difficult but I think working on children's books always sounds like a lot of fun yeah I don't know would I do it maybe one day in the future I don't know we'll see what happens who knows (laughs) exactly exciting like and even like I think what's so I find it life and stuff is is so exciting the unknown can sometimes be quite exciting but it's kind of like from what you've been saying to us you are here like in this role Mm -hmm. you've got a desk you've got your own desk Mm -hmm. you're in a you're doing (laughs) publishing because you had like one conversation with your mum one time and like you're yeah. like oh yeah publishing's a thing and I think that's so exciting so when like there is this next you've got so many like things ahead of you that you might not even know like are to come yet yeah I, I think, think I've always been one of those people who I I've never really known what I'm doing like next I think I always say to people that my plan went as far as go to uni and then it just stopped I always know I wanted to go to uni I didn't even I wanted to study English for like the longest time until I got there which now I'm like wow I really didn't even know what I was going to study I just wanted to go to uni like what but then that was the end of the plan it was and so when we were at uni and people were saying what's next I was like the plan stopped at graduate from uni like what do you mean what's next and then I was like oh what's next (laughs) so yeah I think that's just kind of been how I go through things which is weird because for me that makes me nervous but at the same time it's you know gone kind of well thus far so (laughs) we'll just see I think that's also my famous 
phrase that I use a lot is we'll see we'll see what happens we'll yours is trust happens. the process trust the process like, just trust the process but I do I think everything happens for a reason and like mm-hmm. you know I think I've definitely get reject, rejected from certain jobs for a reason and kind of you know done work experience with different places for a reason and it's all about I think networking and meeting like different mm-hmm. people and building up those relationships and I think you end up finding people who will look out for you like professionally and in different jobs. And yeah. like you said, you know, you, you didn't get that first job with the people you're working for mm-hmm. now, but then they remembered how good you were and remembered you and, you know, now you're working for them. So yeah, I, I think you it all never works know out. What will happen. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think is very motivating sure. talk to leave for our listeners. So that was all our questions for you, G, but please do stick around for our little segment, Life Bites. So we reached out to our followers on Instagram to see if they had any questions. Now, if you lovely listeners want to get in touch or get involved, then make sure that you are following us on Instagram at whatnextthepodcast or email us at whatnextthepodcast at gmail.com. Let's see what questions you've got, Sophie. I recently graduated from uni and I'm now out in the real world. How do you deal with the anxiety or uncertainty around not having a particular path? It feels exciting, but also scary. I feel like we kind of talked about that earlier, like about it feels exciting, but it's kind of scary not having a particular path. Yeah, I definitely think so. Like we talked about sort of like not necessarily having like a plan. Also, that's okay. Does anyone really have a plan? Like, I don't know. It feels like some people are like, this is exactly what's going to happen. But I think mm. when you make plans, there's like that saying, isn't there? It's like, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Because yeah. it's like, like literally like COVID, like <laughs> we all have plans. We were going to graduate. Oh. And it's like, then it was like, no, you're not. You're going home because there's a global pandemic. It's like you plan things and then it's not going to happen. Mm. So some people like to have a plan. Sometimes you might have like a plan for the next two years or two months two weeks whatever does life ever go to plan if life had gone to plan george would be a uh, be an english teacher right about now <laughs> <laughs> i think it's probably good that i'm not <laughs> yeah i would also say just know that you're in the same boat as everyone else and although not everyone may talk about it and say that they're like stressed and nervous just know that this podcast exists because all of us feel stressed and nervous and literally um, (laughs) yeah we're all in that same boat and everyone relates even like you both are working in a you know like a full-time job a nine-to-five at the moment and even when you get there I imagine it there's still that uncertainty and not knowing what's happening next so I think yeah just knowing you're not alone as well mm. so we have one more question from our lovely listeners for our life bite segment and it says I'm currently in the process of applying for lots of jobs since I finished uni I feel like I'm getting nowhere and it's just very frustrating do you have any advice for staying motivated and persevering through the countless applications and rejections I think this is something that I've definitely experienced over the past year. Like there were so many times where I would just be like, nope, I'm done. It's too hard. Like I don't know what I'm going to do because especially when you think you know what you want to do and you're like, if I don't do this, what else am I going to do? And you kind of always have it in your mind. of like, I knew if I decided not to carry on with publishing, I was like, even if I knew what else I wanted to do, I would then have to go back to the beginning and, you know, redo my CV, work out what skills they're looking for work out what job sites to use like it takes a lot of time to like learn all that stuff so I think what you should remember is that you are constantly learning and you probably are improving and moving towards something you just need to you know keep going and maybe like if you are finding it all too much if you can take a break from it for a while you know step away for a while and just you know get yourself feeling better again and ready to tackle it again because it really is disheartening especially because there are so many applicants at the moment because of, you know, the pandemic and everything. A lot of people, when they respond, they're like, it's just sort of a generic sent to all emails sort of saying there's too many people to give feedback. And then uh, one of the things I was really frustrated about was like, how do I improve if I can't have any feedback? Um, 
so yeah just keep working on your skills in ways that you can if you can get like a part-time job or something to focus on admin skills or whatever skills it is like do that kind of thing um and yeah maybe attend some talks or you know there's lots of resources on youtube or linkedin you know to upskill learn about the industry maybe speak to people who are in the industry you want to work in learn what they did yeah but just try and it's hard to say stay positive because mm. you know it is really hard but also just try not to beat yourself up because it's another thing where so many people are in that position or have been in that position before I think what's hard also is like when you're in that position of like looking for a job there's almost a pressure to feel like you should be looking all the time or you should be mm -hmm. like applying all the time yeah and in reality like I mean obviously it's different and you know you kind of need to be like having the money and you want the income mm -hmm. and that kind of thing so that is really hard um but yeah I, th I think it's just the part-time job I think is a good bit of advice because then it, it gives you mm. a bit of structure as well doesn't it and you mm -hmm. can work around it so we have reached the end of our podcast now firstly thank you so much Georgia for coming on and mm. giving us your bits of advice and thank you it's been so good amazing we're glad to have you on and I've definitely learned a lot about publishing I don't know how you feel about it Sophie me too I think it's it's always just interesting to hear different people's perspectives different people's career paths and mm -hmm. yeah I mean publishing sounds really cool I'm kind of jealous <laughs> you it sounds so, so come work in marketing hey, you do all your honestly, social media stuff know, like come join <laughs> like there's and so many departments that are good for different people that's why it's great and if we wanted to find more about what you're getting up to, Georgia, maybe a bit of that bookstagram, how would we go about that? Where can we go? Well, you can find my blog at www.georgia-ellen.com and my bookstagram is at Georgia Ellen Reads, all one word. And yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to like chat about bookstagram, about publishing, feel free to message me. I'm happy to talk about it. Amazing. Now, Sophie, it's you, now you have to plug our podcast for our questions <laughs> and you've got to sell it just as well good as uh, Miss Influencer over there. <laughs> if you want to find out more about our podcast and ask us some questions and send us some messages, then make sure you follow us on Instagram at whatnextthepodcast. You can also drop us an email, whatnextthepodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, send us your questions. Last night, what you're up to? Anything really? Nothing inappropriate, but you know, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any old thing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Georgia, again for coming on. Thank, Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great. Thank you so much for listening, and of course, tune in next week where we'll be tackling another topic. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>